You're now listening to the Stouffville Pentecostal Church audio podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Our message today was preached by our lead pastor, Pastor Jeff Laird. Have a listen. We are in a sermon series called The Miraculous Story, and we've been looking at some of the miracles that uh, occur, that happen, that are part of the Christmas story. And today, I wanted to try to do it a little bit different this year, rather than just look at hope or joy or all these things. I wanted to look at some, some aspects of, of the miraculous story that maybe sometimes we don't take note of. And so today, I want to talk about the miracle of his presence, the miracle of his presence. Uh, Matthew chapter 1, put that up for me and we'll start here today. Matthew 1 verse 22, it says, All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Can you remember a present that you were given at Christmas time that you were really, really excited about? It could have been when you were a kid. It could have been last year. Uh, you, you haven't received any this year, probably, so it can't be this year. But can, if I was to say, if there's one present that stands out in your mind that you were just super excited to get, is there, could, you, could you tell me what that present was? Only one person in this whole room? Oh, no, there we go. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Okay, here we go. I'm looking for participation. I can't see the people at home. I need your help now. Come on. Right? I can remember, I can remember one of, one of the, the greatest presents at the time that I, I feel like uh, I, I ever got. I, I got my very first electric guitar when, for Christmas when I was about 13 years old. And uh, at the time, I just considered it to be one of the most incredible gifts I'd ever got. In fact, I bothered my mother so much leading up to that Christmas that she yelled at me a couple of times to be quiet. It was like w- day after day, you know, like just, that, just hounding her, you know, like, Mom, I only want one thing. I only want one thing. If you got me anything else, just return it. I only want one thing. Mom, I don't, I don't want socks. I don't want underwear. I don't want games. I don't want clothes. Mom, I want one thing, one thing, one thing. But don't even give me anything in my stocking. Just give me one thing, just one thing. And finally, she sits me down one night after supper. She says, you need to stop now. That's enough. I've had it with you. <laughs> I was like, okay, but you know, I just want one thing, right? <laughs> I was, uh, and when I got that one thing on Christmas Day, I was, uh, I was pretty pumped. And uh, got playing in a band, and uh, my uh, musical journey sort of uh, began at that moment. So it was a, it was a gift that I deeply, deeply remember. God has given us a present. Here's the point today. God has given us a present that is far greater than anything we've ever received. His present is his presence. That this rings true that God is with us. His present to the world is his presence. Um, So one of the great miracles of the Christmas story is that God has chosen to be with us. 
Now the world has been offered this, this miracle, the miracle of his presence, and it's ours if we choose to accept it. And there are so many benefits that come with God's presence that it would literally take us a lifetime to sort of explore them all. But the Christmas story highlights a few of the benefits that comes to us or to those who choose the miraculous gift, to receive the gift of his presence, to say, yes, Lord, I believe and I receive. And when we do that, there are clear benefits. And here's a few that the Christmas story brings out. The first one is his presence brings comfort. Uh, Even just uh, the carol that we sang, tidings of comfort and joy. His, His arrival, his presence brings comfort. Think about Joseph. Joseph doesn't get sort of a lot of play in the whole story a lot lot of years, but he was comforted big time, I believe, when he had doubts about Mary. Look at Matthew chapter 1 verse 20. It says, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Could you imagine, seriously, I know that we, we a lot of us know the Christmas story, but just, just personalize it for a moment. I mean, could you imagine the plight that he finds himself in, seriously, that that he finds out that his fiance is pregnant and he knows that he had nothing to do with it, right? I mean, he's disappointed, he's heartbroken, he's confused, he's angry, he's frustrated, he's a good man, he doesn't know what to do. You know, there's a lot of angst going on in his life until the Lord, through an angel and a dream, brings comfort and gives Joseph the assurance, gives him the security that he needed to move forward to say, it's all right, it's okay. And it got me thinking about the Holy Spirit as a comforter. We now have the Holy Spirit, and he is called the comforter. Um, In fact, I was humming along, George Davis, if you're out there, remember this one? The comforter has come, the comforter has come, right? I know George is singing it right now, yeah. The comforter is the Holy Spirit. It is, it is something that he is. It is something that he does. Just as the presence of the Lord brought comfort to Joseph and to Elizabeth and Zechariah and to many others in, in the Christmas story, his presence is still with us. And the miracle of his presence is the Holy Spirit now with us. He is the comforter. Look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. It says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Those are powerful words. Matthew chapter 4, verse, uh, uh, sorry, Matthew 5, verse 4, Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount, God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. It is part of what the Holy Spirit does. 
The presence of the Lord brings comfort. Think about how many times in the Bible you see it. Like, it happens again and again. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of stories. I thought uh, this week again about the story of David and King Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 16, where the Lord had abandoned Saul and an evil spirit had come and was tormenting Saul on a regular basis. And David would come when Saul was being tormented, and, he, and it said he would play his harp, and the presence of the Lord would fill the room, and guess what happens? The evil spirit has to leave. He can't stay where the comforter is. He flees in the presence of the Lord, and the result is, it says, Scripture says in, in Samuel 16, Saul was comforted. This is the presence of the Lord. Think about Paul and Silas uh, sitting in that Philippian jail. They're beat up, they're, they're, they're down in the dungeon, and they are in serious need of comfort. And you know, a lot of you know the story, they start to sing, and, and, and the presence of the Lord arrives. Yes, of course, the doors flew open and they were set free, but I'm quite sure that that was not their intent. They weren't thinking that was going to happen. You know, they sang not to open the prison doors. They sang because they wanted to feel and experience the presence of the Lord to get the comfort that they needed in their time of need. This is what singing and worship does. This is why it's so important. Comfort always arrives with His presence. And we've got to learn to sing and declare His promises when you're in time of need. When you need comfort... Why run to a bottle? Why run to a drug? Why, why run to anything else when you can run to the true source of comfort? He is the comforter, and his name is Jesus. He says, lift up my name. What happens? He inhabits the praises of his people. When you lift up his name, he comes. He dwells in that praise. He is there with you, and where his presence is, you will feel his comfort. This is what those guys were doing that day in the jail. They were feeling rotten, feeling lousy, needing encouragement. They said, hey, come on, let's start to sing. And as they start to sing, yes, of course, the doors blew up, but I believe something else happened. They felt the presence of the, of the Lord. They felt his comfort and saw his power. There was, there was just a, an awesome, awesome result of them giving praise. So if you're in need of comfort today, you can receive it. All we need to do is invite his presence into our situation. All we need to do is to receive the comfort that comes with his presence. So if you're in need today, say, Lord, I need your presence. I welcome your presence. I give you praise. Come and inhabit my praises. And where you are, I will feel your presence and know your comfort. Why do we sing songs like, you know, like in the light of, you know, the, the, the things of the world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. It's written by people who have experienced the presence of God and who look back and say, now my problem doesn't seem to be bothering me like it did before. Maybe it's not changed, but I have a new strength, a new comfort, a new sense of assurance that God is with me. He is the comforter, and he brought comfort in the Christmas story. Second, his presence guides us. 
His presence guides us. Look at Matthew uh, 2, verse 7. It says, And Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem, search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me, so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way. The star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasure chests, and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they uh, returned to their own country by another route, by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. The wise men fully intended to return to Herod. Don't ever think they didn't. They fully intended to go back. They, they had no idea that Herod was evil. They had no idea that he, he, had, he had an evil plan. They had fully intended to go back to tell Herod where the baby was. And that's why God had to intervene and guide them, I love that phrase, by another route. By another route. Um, think about, uh, just take notice of those words. Uh, those of us who know the story, those are words that we skip over, but they're kind of cool words, by another route. Joseph was guided by a dream to take the child and Mary and go to Egypt to escape Herod, who was planning to kill baby Jesus. God chose another route for Joseph and the young family to go on that they weren't expecting. And it just got me thinking again, the Holy Spirit is our guide. It's, it's another job. It's another thing that he brings to the table. It's another thing. It's, it's something that happens when we experience his presence. If we trust him, he will never steer us wrong. And he wants to give us guidance in all things. And by the way, his presence as a guide, it's not this mystical, spooky, sort of ethereal type thing. I believe that actually his presence as a guide is a very practical thing in our lives. Meaning he wants to guide us at work. He wants to guide us in church. He wants to guide us in our homes. He wants to guide us in our financial decisions, in our relationships. He wants to guide us in our lives. Say, Lord, what should I do? I don't know. Help me. He wants that kind of a relationship, and he wants us to make the good choice. And so if we ask, he promises to give us his wisdom. If we lack it, we should ask for it and wait for his wisdom to arrive. Sometimes we jump the gun, don't we? We make mistakes. And then we look back and go, yeah, I should have waited, should have waited. But this is the guidance that he promises us. He wants us to receive his guidance when we don't know what to do. He wants us to receive his guidance when we don't understand the next step to take. And he may take us, here it is now, he may take us by another route. Have you, has God ever taken you by another route? Meaning, uh, like, you, you wouldn't have chosen it yourself. You wouldn't have thought that was the right way to go, but God chose another route. And when you look back, you go, thank the good Lord that I went his way and not mine. This is what he does. By another route, the wise men needed to go another route. Joseph needed to do something different than what he was planning to do. God took them by another route. 
God knows what he's doing, and when he redirects us to another route, it would be wise to follow his directions. See, it's our choice. It's always our choice to welcome the guidance that comes with his presence or to ignore it. So his presence guides us. Third, his presence brings joy. Tidings of comfort and tidings of joy. Look at Matthew 2.10. It says, when they saw the star, here's the wise men, they were filled with joy. Luke 2.20. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard. It was just as the angel had told them. And Luke 2.10. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. The, the psalm, uh, the hymn writer was correct. The wise men, the shepherds, the angels, everybody who were a part of this story were thrilled, were praising God, were filled with joy and giving God glory for, for what he had done and what, what the, the present that he had given the world. The good news results in great joy. That's what it says. The good news results in great joy. And in his presence, we always say, what well, the scripture says, there is fullness of what? Joy. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. In his presence. In his presence. Don't miss that. Christmas is a season of joy. We have to choose it for ourselves, especially this year. It's a, it's a challenging one, I know. But we, we shouldn't wait, by the way, until the world has a vaccine. We shouldn't wait until the world becomes joyful. We shouldn't wait until the gray, the gray zone lifts. You know, when this pandemic ends, let me, just, let me just say it out to all of you who are listening. When this pandemic ends, and it will end, there will be other fears and other problems that will still be with us. There will still be things in our lives that will try to steal our joy and take our comfort and take us down the wrong path. They are not going to go away. His presence is a vital thing both now to get through a pandemic and a lockdown, but also for yet the days that are yet to come. His presence brings joy. It's this sense of well-being that helps us transcend our circumstances. And when we say joy is a choice, it's not dependent on our circumstances. We, we know that, but it's sometimes difficult to choose that. So it got me thinking, how do we choose joy? How can we choose it? And it's, a, it's an entire sermon on itself, but let me just give you three little quick nuggets. Number one is this. We... For us to choose joy, we have to understand the, true, the, the source of true joy. Uh, John 17, verse 13, Jesus said, Now I'm coming to you, He's speaking to the Father. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so that they would be filled with my joy. See, there's one source, one source of true lasting joy, and his name is Jesus. Psalm 16, 11 says, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. 
See, his presence is joy. And so when we're trying to choose joy, we have to make sure that we're choosing from the right source. Because people are trying to find joy all over the place. And you're not going to find it in a person, ultimately. You're not going to find it in a drug. You're not going to find it in a meal, a home, a car. We, we have to find joy from the, the, the true source. And to get the good stuff, we've got to get to the right source. So understand the source of true joy. Number two is settle for nothing less than the joy of the Lord. Um, Philippians 4.4. 4. It says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. See, we are not made to carry burdens. We're not made to, to, to be weighted down with things that steal our joy, that keep us from the better life that Jesus said he wants to give us. So if we're not experiencing the joy of the Lord, the fault is not his. Somebody said yes. So listen, when we are struggling with worry, when we're struggling with anxiety, when, we're, when, we're, when, we're, when things seem overwhelming and we don't have his joy, I literally do this and I pass this on to you today. We, we have to ask ourselves this. Is this the abundant life that Jesus wants to give me? Is, is, this, is this burden something that I should be carrying? Is this something that should be weighing me down? Have I picked up something that I need to let go of? Because it's stealing my joy. It's sucking my energy. I can't deal with this, and I have to move on from this. And so sometimes I ask myself the question, am I settling for something less than what he wants to give me? If he says my burden is light, then why do I have a heavy burden? I've picked up something that I shouldn't have picked up, and it's time for me to shake it off and say, I want to settle for nothing less than the joy of the Lord and only the burdens that the Lord wants to give me. Not what the world gives me, not what work wants to give me, not what the enemy wants to give me. I can't settle for anything less than the joy of the Lord. And so I pass that on to you today. If you are lacking joy, if you are lacking joy, you've probably picked up something that you shouldn't have picked up. Don't settle for something less than what he wants for you. Number three, uh, real quick, give yourself. How can we choose joy? So understand the truth, the source. Uh, settle for nothing less than, than his joy. And three, we have to give ourselves to the Holy Spirit. See, the scripture commands us time and time again to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Look what Paul said to the Ephesians in chapter five. He said, don't be drunk with wine because that, that'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the wording there is be continually filled with the Holy Spirit, meaning we, we need regular fillings. We're leaky. We're vessels like, we're like a, you know, uh, like a, what do you, uh, you know where you dump, dump spaghetti in? What are those things called? And you, colander, strainer, whatever the word is, yeah. We're sort of like that. And so we need to keep going back to get refilled. When, uh, when we have the miraculous presence of the Holy Spirit, we will experience his joy. And so here's another thing. If you're lacking joy right now, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. His presence is 
fullness of joy. So invite his presence into your life, into your situation, into your burdens. Because where he is present, joy is there. Joy can be found. Joy can be had. But it comes only with his presence. So, by the way, let me just say this too. Joy comes when we experience God in a personal way. So when you realize, I mean, think about this. And, and hopefully you just feel a little bit of joy rising up in your hearts today, okay? When, when, when you realize that you are saved, when you realize that your future is secure for all eternity, when you know that God has a plan for your life, that he knows you and loves you, when you know that he is with you, when you know that he will never leave you, when you realize that this world has nothing to offer compared to him, that, that, that when you understand that the God of the universe knows your name and he's for you, not against you, these truths begin to birth a deep joy in, in your life. It, it only comes with his presence. The more you think about the, the love and the greatness of God and the personal connection that we can have with God. Joy and confidence is a result that comes from that. And so I encourage us all, if His presence brings joy, then we've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit because we need as much joy as we can possibly have. Lastly, so his presence brings comfort, his presence guides us, his presence brings joy. And last that you see in the Christmas story, his presence is for everyone. His presence is for everyone, it's for all. So th the other point that, that you see so obvious in the Christmas story is God's presence is for everybody that's connected to the story and everybody that's even not. Like you see that, you see it from the priest Zechariah, to the humble couple Mary and Joseph, to the rich and powerful magi from the east. You see it even to the blue-collared shepherds working out in the field. You, you see that his presence is for all. Jesus came for all the people, the angels said. He came for everyone, everyone, everyone. And it seems strange in a way that the God of the universe came the way that he did, and he came for everyone, even unknown, insignificant people, it seems like, to others, but not to God. It, it, he, he's so consistent. It might seem strange for someone else, but not with God. He's always done miraculous things for the forgotten. He's always done great things for people that, uh, that, that the world thinks is, are despised. Jesus is the one that walked on this earth that reached out to tax collectors like Matthew and Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, come down. i got to go eat at your place today. Who does that? He was despised and hated. Jesus does it. He reaches out to people, to the prostitutes, to the thieves, to the broken, to the demon-possessed, to the lepers. He reached out to everybody. And if you've ever thought that God doesn't know or care if you exist, please understand that you are not insignificant to the Lord. His presence is for kings. 
His presence is for leaders. He is for the rich, the poor. He's for men and women. He's for all colors and all cultures. He is for the strong and the weak. He's for the broken and the discouraged. He's for the hurting. He's for the addicted. He's for the lonely. He's for the isolated. He's for the grieving. He's for all. He's for all. It's, it's, it's powerful. It's powerful. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 20, as he was leaving, he said, be sure of this. Be sure of this, he said. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I am with you. He doesn't handpick only special, important people. He came for all. His desire is that all would be saved, that all would receive. And so I encourage us today, think about the way that he was born. I mean, doesn't that just communicate something? Like, he wasn't born to a king, a kingly family, to a king and a queen. He wasn't born in a palace. He didn't live this, this silver spoon life sort of a thing. Jesus was born in the most humble way. And I believe that part of the reason was that he, he was showing that he would go anywhere, that he would be with anyone, and all he needs is an invitation. So he left the presence of the Holy Spirit. He left the, the presence of the Holy Spirit here for everyone. Everyone. It's a miraculous gift. But this miraculous gift must be received. Corey Ten Boom, I, I've been reading some quotes from her lately, and she said this. She said, if Jesus were born a thousand times in Bethlehem, but not in me, I would still be lost. And she's right. The miracle of his presence is for everyone. It includes you, it includes me, it includes everyone that's watching today and everyone that will ever watch. His presence is for everyone, but we must receive the gift. He was born in Bethlehem, but he must be born in me. And so today, just as we close, I wanted to remind us all, we are people who need the presence of the Lord. So bad. So bad. We don't even know how badly we need his presence. We have moments, glimpses, little instances in our life when we, when we realize how awesome he is and how small we are. Isaiah had one when he said, woe is me, when he stood in the powerful presence of a holy God. But we have his presence. He left it here for us to have. His present is his presence. He is with us always, even to the end of the age. But like Corey Ten Boom said, he could have been born a thousand times in Bethlehem, but it doesn't mean a thing to me unless he's born in me. 
He must be born in me. He must be welcomed in my life. He must be received by me. I must welcome him. I must say the gift is given, but I must receive the gift. I must say yes. I must take it. I must open it. I must apply it. I must say you're welcome in my life, Holy Spirit. I need you. I want you. I am hungry for your presence. We need his presence. Man, do we need his presence. People at home watching today, some people have been locked in. Older folks have been trapped, it feels like. I was joking around with Pastor Jordan. He says, they call it a lockdown. I said, it feels more like a lockup. <laughs> it was more like a lockup. But listen, his presence, his presence. Paul and Silas lifted up their voice that day. I'm sure not expecting an earthquake and the prison doors to swing open. They just wanted to feel the sweet presence of the Lord. His presence is a gift that we can receive and open. Receive the gift today. Please receive the gift today that he offers you. If you're watching online, click that prayer button. Reach out to the church somehow. But there is a better way. There is a better life. There is someone who is bigger than us, who cares about us, and who wants to do great things in us and great things through us. And his name is, come on, folks, Jesus. And his name is Jesus. He's the one. Christmas, it's nice to have gifts. It's nice to have all the fun things that we do. But it's Jesus. It's the beginning of his earthly life here that changed the course of history. It's Jesus. And if there's anything we need this Christmas, if there's anything we need this Christmas, <laughs> it's his presence. We're going to need his presence more moving forward, I believe, than ever before. I believe that when this pandemic ends, we're going to need his presence more than ever before. We're going to need his presence to get through this. We're going to need his presence to be effective, to be disciplers, to be reaching out, to find those that need his presence. The only way we can be effective for the kingdom is when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we must seek his presence in our lives. So be encouraged today. There was a miraculous gift that was given on Christmas. And that miraculous gift is his presence. Thanks for listening to the Stovall Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stovall Pentecostal Church, including service times, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. Have a good week and God bless.